Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family by using real estate as your vehicle. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. On the show with us today, Brantley Gunn. Thanks for being here with us. How's it going, Brantley? It's going well. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Before we get into the interview, here's a little bit about Brantley. Starting right out of college, Brantley set on a path to achieve financial independence through real estate. After just six years of wins and fails, he has achieved this goal. Brantley has successfully invested in rentals, owner financing, wholesaling, fix and flipping, and vacation rentals. He now concentrates mainly on owner financing, investing through inherited Roth IRAs, and teaching others to achieve FIRE. And for those listeners that aren't familiar with the term FIRE, it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. We'll definitely get into how you achieve your financial independence in just six years, and also your new goal of passive income that involves a formula of a five-year plan. So with that being said, Brantley, could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, absolutely. So that was a wonderful introduction. Thank you for that. And uh, it's really what I do is I constantly buy real estate uh, houses generally within the twenty dollars to $30,000 range and owner finance them to homeowners Sometimes we may fix them up. Sometimes we don't. We just turn around uh, owner finance it. I used to do a lot through the rental space, um, but quickly realized that I didn't enjoy fixing toilets very much. And so that's why I got into the owner financing field. But we've uh, also been involved in other things as well, such as fix and flips, wholesaling. Uh, I have a number of vacation rentals, such as Airbnbs. And uh, so while I've got my fingers in a lot of different pieces of the pie, a lot of it has to deal with owner financing. Perfect. Thank you for that. And uh, I appreciate you uh, going over all that. And it's interesting how you have your hands kind of in wholesaling and all that kind of stuff, which leads you to, you know, being able to get to your kind of fire goal. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, is your fire movement. So can you tell us a little bit more about what fire is and why you're so passionate about it? Absolutely. So as you said earlier, it's an acronym. It's not the word FIRE. We're not going around setting things on FIRE or anything <laughs> like that. It means financial independence, retire early. So it's a movement that's been growing a lot here recently, especially amongst the millennial generation. <clears throat> and it's all about living a certain financial lifestyle. So you can retire much earlier, say in your 40s, 30s, or in even some cases your 20s. And there's a lot of different types of paths that you can achieve this type of financial independence. And the way that I went about doing it was through real estate. And I've taken a little bit different philosophy from the typical fire person, um, a typical person from the fire community. 
So some of the things I may be saying here on this podcast, a typical person in the community might really cringe at. But for me, it's uh, been very well worth it. It's worked out quite a bit. And the, the path that I generally take, that I take is generally a lot quicker than say somebody who may be a little bit more conservative in the fire community. Okay, and can you maybe talk about the differences between your beliefs on the fire community and uh, what the community would say? So yeah, uh, the community tends to be very conservative. Um, They generally tend to be very conservative in saving money and investing in money. Um, I am somewhat conservative you could stay in saving money, but I do like to spend a little bit here and there. I like to spend money in traveling, and I like to spend money and save my health, so food, that type of stuff. Um, but I'm not going to go around buying a big car or have a fancy apartment, per se. And then, uh, But I'm much more liberal with my investing. So uh, a lot of people in the fire community like to put their money into uh things such as the stock market or the bonds and let that compound interest grow over time on a very safe type of investment. And I, but I will go out and I'll actually go leverage and borrow some money on what I think is a very safe investment. It's a little bit more risk, but the reward is much more higher. And that's generally with real estate. So like, let's say, Uh, I go, I do a lot of business in the Jackson, Mississippi market, and you can easily buy a house, say, be all in between 20 to 30,000, maybe 35,000, and you can rent it out for 800 a month. So if you know anything about the 1% rule, it's, let's say you buy uh, a $30,000 house. Well, you want the gross rent to be 1% of what you bought it for every month. So $300 a month, right? Well, if you can go buy a $30,000 house and get $800 a month, that's over twice what the 1% rule is. So that makes it a lot more safer investment to where you can borrow the money and um, and have a safe investment that way while still having somewhat risk with debt. Got it. Okay. And so you achieved financial independence at a very young age, 26, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, roughly 26. That's right. Okay. Nice. Congratulations. So can you take us through how you're able to achieve this and how you got started in the whole thing? Yeah. So the way I got started with it was uh, about a month after graduating from college, which was 2013. So do the math on that. I went to uh, a Gary Johnston's seminar about financial independence, and he took uh, a very calculated uh, approach when teaching about financial investment. He specifically taught the benefits of compounding interest. So an example that he gave was, say, let's you say you spend about $50 on your cable bill every month. Well, what if you, instead of spending $50 on cable, you actually invested that $50 every single month. And let's just throw a number out there. You get 10% every time you invest that $50. Well, over 20 years, your return is well over $100,000. So you just take $50 every month and you get well over $100,000. And I thought, 
Well, if that's the case, it can be really easy to gain financial independence. So I made it a goal of mine to, to achieve that by the age of 30. And I specifically did that through real estate. And by I wanted to have $75,000 net passive income every year through rentals. And I calculated that would be about roughly 30 rentals, which 30 rentals is knowing now is a lot higher than what I needed to gain for 75,000. But I mean, we've been throwing this term financial independence out a lot. I mean, what do I mean by that? I mean, gaining stable passive income that's higher than my, my expenses. And some people can gain that through dividends or multi-level marketing. And for me, that was, that was real estate. So just a month after, uh, or just a few weeks after going to that seminar, I still needed to get some income. So I got a job. I got a good corporate job in Cincinnati. And I quickly learned that I was not part of corporate America. That was not the thing for me. So I hated the job and uh, therefore I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. Five months afterwards, I was fired from my job. So here I am, recent graduate, just got fired, not really sure what I needed to do with my life. And so still having that seminar from Gary Johnson in the back of my head, I thought, well, I'm just going to start my own real estate company, just like any logical 22-year-old would do, right? <laughs> and um, I made it was a very hard transition. I tried to get a number of deals through real estate and I just didn't know the Cincinnati market. So I tried it for one year. Can you guess how many deals I got in that one year? Three. Zero. Three? Zero. I, I, luckily I did better than zero, but I did not do as well as three. I got <laughs> one deal, one deal. So clearly it wasn't working. I made the hard lifestyle change to, moved back to my home state in Jackson, Mississippi, where my parents also did real estate. And I was able to leverage their expertise and their knowledge of the market to learn about Jackson, Mississippi, learn exactly where to invest, what to invest. And because that I was able to leverage their experience, I was also able to leverage their, their bank contacts. So, I was actually able to gain money from the banks for my first couple of deals, which gave me the experience to really start getting the ball rolling. And then after that, I was able to bring in private investors, which I prefer much more to, to than, than banks. And that's essentially how I got started. I found a mentor that taught me the market and I was able to, to leverage their experience in order to start and, and raise money for finance art for rentals myself. So when you said you need $75,000 in passive income, was that a number that you just kind of popped out of the back of your head or did you take the time and sit down and kind of map it out? So that's, it's a little bit of both per se. I knew at that time how much I wanted to live comfortably and that was roughly $75,000 a year. And back then, I thought I was aiming for the heavens. I thought that was a whole lot of money. And come to think of it, it's not as much as one a 22-year-old would think. And so 
but essentially it was something that I didn't have a lot of expenses. Uh, I was really mainly looking over for myself. And so that's what I needed. Now, if I were to start a family or if my expenses, or if I had a big life changing event happen to where my expenses would get higher, then I would have to increase that number. Got it. Okay. And so did you have to make any lifestyle changes in order to achieve this? Uh, and if so, what were some of those changes? You mentioned you're not going to go out and buy the fancy apartment or, or the fancy car, but did you have to cut back in any way? Well, when I first started off, I certainly did. I mean, when you get fired and your monthly income is goes pretty much down to zero, then you've got to make some really different lifestyle changes. Um, but and the first few years were definitely very difficult. I really had to slim down a little bit and, and not spend a lot of money. Um, but as I continued to grow in houses, I was able to increase my expenses a little bit. So a lot of people get the idea that the fire movement is all about save, 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 which isn't necessarily true. As long as you have your passive income higher than your expenses, then you should be fine. So let's say you have a lot in passive income, then you can have a lot in expenses too. It really just depends on what your spending power is. Okay. And so Lolita mentioned earlier in uh, your introduction that you're working on an experiment. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're doing? So what we're, th I'm thinking about writing a book about how uh, taking my life to financial independence and applying that to other people. So we really want to uh, show this path of financial of way, we call it house fire. So financial independence, retire early through investing in real estate and apply it to a lot of other people in their, say their late twenties or early thirties and uh, show them a way that they can make this happen for themselves. And again, I'm thinking about writing a book about this and seeing how well it goes. So maybe this will be a good precursor. If we, if I get a lot of feedback from people saying, Hey, write that book, maybe I'll do it. All right. Now you're going through an experiment yourself, right? To increase your cash flow. Is that right? Right. So no, the, the, what I did was the, what the, the path to financial independence was that experiment. Okay, so building up the rentals and making sure that, hey, is it really truly possible to be age 22, 23, maybe even in your mid-20s and gain financial independence by the time you're 30 or say anybody for that matter in the length of about five to six years? Well, if I had to guess, you're going to get a lot of people asking you to write that book. I mean, it sounds amazing. <laughs> and I think a lot of people yeah. would want to know how to get on that path. So, okay. So for people interested in that FIRE movement, what is the one key factor in starting out the journey to achieving financial, financial independence for the average person? For the average person. Well, there's a lot of different ways to go achieve financial independence. I mean, the FIRE community is all about these different paths. You can invest in the stock market, you can do it through um, bonds, you can do it through multi-level marketing, you can do it through real estate. Uh, for the average person, they'll probably have some sort of salary uh, that they have through their corporate job or what have you. And so you don't necessarily have to quit your job in order to gain financial independence. So you can set aside a certain amount of money every month to uh, 
continuously put in, whether it be your retirement account or through the stock market in some sort of fashion, and let that money that you continuously invest compound and reinvest that interest that you gain so that you can theoretically retire in, say, your 30s or 40s. What I did was I did it from a much more liberal standpoint where I actually stopped working in corporate America altogether, where I went full time into gaining financial independence. So it was one of those things where you just have to go out and you have to do it. Just like Nike says, just go out and do it and gain experience. And the first few years of doing that was really difficult. It was really hard to do. And you really have to keep your head down and keep moving forward. But it's not going to happen unless you just go up there and do it. Some people get think that they have to learn before they do. But you can learn so much. But, but if you don't want to apply the knowledge, then it really doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You keep mentioning FIRE community. Is there an online community or somewhere where people can go to find out more? Or is, ju- is that just oh. a general term? Oh, there's so many websites out there. Probably the biggest one and the one that I would recommend is one called Mr. Money Mustache. He's really the one who is spearheaded the entire movement of the FIRE community. So that's what I would recommend. That's where a lot of stuff that I learned, especially through if you have your own corporate job, whether you're making $40,000 less or more, he really lays out the, the numbers in order to achieve that financial independence. So that's a really good resource to go through. Okay. Too. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So you were financially free by age 26. So what did you do with your time now that, you know, you don't have to work, you don't have to do anything. I know you're working on maybe writing a book and, and educating people, but what was that like your first couple of days and, and what do you do with your time now? So, I'm still doing a lot in real estate investing, as I mentioned. So I'm actually working on, still working on building my passive income uh, so that if anything were to happen in the future, then I would be covered in that. But I don't have to do that as much as I used to. So I'm still, uh, I still only do that, let's say, part-time. And the other time, I've been traveling a lot. I've been going, I just came back from Colorado. Uh, this next week I'll be going to Houston and a month from now I'm going to Thailand. So I'm spending a lot of time traveling and not really spending the money to do that either. So I'm doing it through credit card hacking, which is mm-hmm. a, another hobby of mine. So credit card hacking where I can build up the points to travel to do this. So it's, uh, it's kind of these geeky hobbies of mine that I would not be able to do if I didn't have the financial independence. Yeah, awesome. Lolita and I just started uh, looking into the whole travel hacking thing and been doing that with the credit cards for the last two months now. So we're starting to build up our points. And it's a, it's a really interesting okay. thing and something that you know we never thought of. And you can really get down the rabbit hole with that and do man, it's so many different things with travel hacking that um, really could benefit you in the future. Yeah, I'll be really happy to talk to you and see how you're doing that. Um, it's, uh, it's a really cool thing. I don't know if y'all go on the Reddit community, but there's a really good resource on the Reddit in terms of travel hacking that y'all might want to check out. Okay, I'll talk to you about that. We're on a couple of Facebook groups and things like that that have helped us out for sure, but uh, we definitely want to get more and more into that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, Lolita's going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Sure, let's go for it. 
All right, Brantley, here we go. What is the one tool that you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? So there's not necessarily a specific tool that I use, but the one thing I couldn't do without is knowledge of my local market. So the whole reason I failed in Cincinnati was because I didn't know the market very well. Mm. Um, And I've really come to limit down where I want to buy to a single zip code. And I've continuously looked at houses over and over and over again um, in that specific zip code. So as soon as I go see a house in that particular area, I know exactly what I can do with it, um, whether it can be a rental or a flip or maybe an owner finance deal. And that's something that just came with time and continuously repeating. Um, And anybody who's going to go into real estate, they really need to know their market. And I couldn't do without my knowledge on that. Perfect. That's great. Could you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing so far? And what is the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah. So the biggest mistake I made was not necessarily in real estate, but it has something to apply with it. So when I was in college, I was some part of uh, something called the Bonner program. It's where a group of people go out and do community service mm-hmm. for about roughly 40 hours a month while, during their time in college. And that's what I did. And when you're a part of this program, you go to, you, you sign up for something called a, um, a service site. So you go to the specific uh, nonprofit or the specific service place where you do your community hours every month. And every year I changed my service site. I would get distracted or I thought there would be something cooler or the green, the grass was greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so every year I was changing. Well, by the time we graduated, my Bonner class uh, did a reception. And one of the people went up there and talked about her time the Bonner program and she was talking about how uh, the difference uh, the positive impact she made on her on her community site her service site excuse me and that I saw that she made such a big impact much more than what I did with any of my service sites because she was there from the beginning to the end so all four years instead of jumping around all these different places like I did And that was really revealing to me. So when I heard her say that, I thought to myself, whichever industry I get into, I need to be there for a long time. Like for at least seven years, if I want to make a positive impact, not only for the community, but for, for myself as well. And so that's what another goal I made for myself in real estate to continually stay in it and not be distracted. And yeah, was- perfect. I think Kyle and I can relate to that. We try and focus on impact investing um, as one of our main takeaways, depending on where we invest. So that's perfect. It's great. And it can be really easy to get distracted, can it? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it, Kyle? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Yeah, so when y'all sent me this question, I really looked at it a long time because – I really struggled with it and I don't know if I can give you a really good answer because it's come to the point in my life where I don't necessarily need to expand my business. It's certainly not business related. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be something different. So I was living in Jackson, Mississippi for a while. And while it was really good for business, I didn't really find it to be 
everything that I wanted on a social aspect in my personal life. So I moved to Austin, Texas here about a year ago now. And um, sort of finding the purpose outside of business, whether that maybe be starting a family or like I mentioned before, writing a book to help other people achieve financial independence, whether it be through real estate or some other means. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And lastly, Brantley, where can people find out more about you? So you can go to our website. It's uh, housefire.us. We uh, are going to start updating it here a lot more. But I also talk a lot about inherited Roth IRAs, um, which is a very cool retirement account where you can actually withdraw money tax-free without any penalties before age 59 and a half. So if y'all want to learn more about that or anything else that I've talked about, you can email me, which is my name, brainmcgun at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, so inspirational and so much success at such a, such a young age. It just goes to show that achieving financial independence is not limited to an age, but with the right processes and going after something could sure enough get you there. So Brantley, we want to thank you for being on our show. Well, thanks again for having me. It was, it was quite a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Brantley. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast and to get access to today's show notes and to previous shows, visit limitless-estates.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.